plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. Today is a Star Style Day because it is really going to be a lot about Hollywood and Broadway and movies and all of those fun things. Welcome to our informational playground of Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the species of Be The Star You Are Charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I am very excited about today's show. Coming up in segment two, I have actor and comedian and writer Melanie Shartoff coming up. You know her as an actor on and off Broadway. She's known for her characters she created on... uh, Television Fridays, Seinfeld, New Heart, Parker Lewis, Rugrats, and she's published in all kinds of different magazines, but she has her first book out. It's called Odd Woman Out, Exposure and Essays and Stories, and it's hilarious. So (laughs) we'll have a good time talking to Melanie when she comes on in segment two. In segment three, we're going to talk about positivity because so many circumstances are out of our control this year. Wow, that's like an understatement. And it could be hard to put on a positive spin on today and our future, but each small step we take towards optimism will lift our spirits and ease our stress. So we'll also have a little bit about humor during COVID-19 because we have to keep laughing, right? You don't grow old because, um, or you don't stop laughing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop laughing. So we want to grow old and we don't want to stop laughing. The Miracle Moment for today brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. William Somerset Mom, if you don't change your beliefs, your life will be like this forever. Now, is that good news? So we'll let you decide what uh, if it is or isn't. Well, it is award season, and it's going to be a very different season this year because of the pandemic. You know, it's the SAG Awards, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, and more. But in an awards season, uh, what is a movie during the pandemic? The dictionary describes it as a story or even a recorded by camera or these days by phone as a set of moving images. Now, for the past 26 years, I have been a voting member of the Screen Actors Guild Awards, which are called the SAG Awards. And when I first got my SAG card, anything that was shot on reel-to-reel film and shown in a movie theater was under the jurisdiction of SAG. I mean, when we worked on a contract, it was a contract under Screen Actors Guild. While anything that was shot on video or on tape for television was under the jurisdiction of AFTRA, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. 
Well, several years ago, thank goodness, SAG and AFTRA merged because it was a nightmare trying to figure out what contract you were working on, especially if it was a commercial or an industrial or somehow it crossed the lines. But all the rules have changed over the years. But the biggest change of all has occurred this past year when the pandemic hit the world and theaters were shuttered, both the theaters on um, on Broadway for stage or everywhere for stage and movie theaters. And we all have now to redefine what actually is a movie. So the three main award ceremonies that have been pushed back a month or two because of the virus are the Golden Globes. Now, normally they are held in the beginning of January, but this year the 78th Golden Globes are set to air on Sunday, February 28th at uh, 8 um, 8 p.m. on uh, NBC 7 Central. And while some award shows are toying with the ideas of putting together just a virtual ceremony, the Globes, as of now, are set to stream live from the Beverly Hilton in L.A., as they always do, and they're going to be hosted by those that dynamic duo of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And I was really excited to find out that Jane Fonda is going to get the Cecil B. Cecil B. DeMille Award um, for these 21 um, Golden Globes. And that is the Hollywood Foreign Press, just so you know, the Golden Goes of the Hollywood Foreign Press. Uh, she is now 83 years old. She's an actress and an activist, and she has won seven Golden Globes out of 15 nominations, which is just amazing. So she's going to be honored, and I think that's just great. If you haven't seen her uh, TV series, Grace and Frankie, it is just a hoot with Lily Tomlin. I mean, it is just hysterical. Now, the SAG Awards, for which I'm a voting member, are normally held in February, but this year, Sunday, April 4th, is going to be the 27th Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards. It's going to air on TNT and TBS at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and I'm, I don't know at this time, because it hasn't really been announced, how it's going to go forward. We don't know if it's going to be um, held with people at six feet apart, or well, I'm not sure how it's going to be. So, But it'll be interesting, for sure. And then the Academy Awards, which have normally been at the end of February or the beginning of March, they have been pushed to April 25th, and it's going to be the 93rd Academy Awards, which are presented by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Scientists, uh, Sciences, also known as AMPUS. And they always honor the best films released. Um, and this year, they have extended the film release period from January 1st, 2020 to February 28th, 2021. It is scheduled to take place at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. And um, we will, you know, we'll see what ends up happening because this year has been in a total flux. Um, it, it's been, it has really been something. I mean, the Academy definitely knows how it feels just to redefine what a movie is because they, like all the other um, awards, the definition of, well, Noah, what a movie is when we see it. I mean, beginning in April, last April, when the COVID-19 pandemic forced the closing of most movie theaters in the U.S., the AMPUS Board of Governors changed, they tweaked, they revised the eligibility rules. 
And in the process, they eliminated its long-standing requirement that spelled out what makes a movie a movie. And a lot of people didn't know this, I don't think, before. But I just wanted to clarify it. Until this year, a film could not be entered into the Oscar race unless it was released theatrically for a week in Los Angeles and a week in New York. Premiering on a streaming or video on demand service would disqualify a movie from any Oscar contention. But retaining those rules this year would essentially have meant that the 2020 Oscars, which happened in 2021, would not take place at all. And that prospect would deal a huge financial hit to the Academy, which derives the vast majority of its operating income from the Oscars. In fact, in 2019, it made $131 million. So the rules had to be relaxed and altered and then relaxed and altered some more as the pandemic has raged on. And this is why it's just ever evolving and every ever changing. Now, at first, films were allowed to qualify if their confirmed theatrical bookings had been canceled. And then when the closures continued into the summer, and I mean the theater closures, and then continued into the fall, and then went beyond that date when upcoming films would have confirmed bookings, movies were allowed to qualify by getting letters from exhibitors saying that they would have booked the films. And eventually, movies were allowed to qualify by premiering on... um, on demand or streaming, but they also had to pay to the Academy screening room $12,500. And in addition to redefining the word movie, the Academy also redefined 2020 by stretching the eligibility date uh, for two months from December 31st to February 28th. And that's quite a while. So there's still movies that have not even entered yet because they haven't They even haven't aired. So other award bodies started following suit, which is leading to this very odd and most elongated of all awards years. It's kind of a the loosey-goosey nature of the Academy's definition. It created a climate in which it wasn't a huge surprise um, when the Los Angeles Film Critics Association considered all the movies of 2020, and then it just kind of threw up its collective hands and decided that the film, the best film of the year was going to be Steve McQueen's Small Axe, which actually Small Axe was um, streaming. (laughs) So talk about confusing. This has definitely been confusing for all the different awards. So the question now is whether once the pandemic is over, Are we going to go back to the normal, you know, the old normal once the award season is over and the pandemic's abated or with the lines that are going to continue to blur between film and television and with COVID-19 turning virtually all entertainment into something you consume in your home, will we really be so quick to return to pre-2020 distinction between movies and TV shows? Who knows? I don't really count on it. So I guess what's going to happen is the definition of what is a movie and how it is going to qualify for the Academy Awards is going to be seen. But with that being said, I just want to move on to some of the films, uh, television series, and um, documentaries, other things that are going to be happening 
this year and just uh, I, uh, in the few minutes that I have left. So uh, this past summer, I was invited to be on the very secretive Screen Actors Guild nominating committee, which means that for the last several months, I have been watching as many hours a day that I can, absolutely everything that has been produced. I'm finished with my nominations and voting, and SAG members will begin to vote on what has been nominated next week. And streaming services have become literally the de facto movie experience. Netflix, Amazon, HBO, HBO Max, Apple TV, Disney, Epix, FX, Peacock, Hulu, Showtime, and the list goes on and on and, and on. And what I have to tell you, I'm a person that I really, really don't watch television because I usually just watch DVDs and basically I'm just a Netflix subscriber. But this year, because I was on the nominating committee, um, I was sent all kinds of different things. And of course, I have I have uh, the subscriptions to all the different um periodicals, The Wrap, um, The Envelope, Backstage, Variety, you know, all of, all of the different ones. But I just want to say, I can't, I just think that the offerings this year are truly amazing. And most of them were shot before we went into um, sheltering in place. But some of them, like, um, uh, like Coastal Elites, even some some of the scenes from Your Honor with um, Cranston were shot after the pandemic when SAG started up again with a with COVID protocols. Of course, it had to sh- shut down again. But, you know, be, I think you're going to be really happy if you haven't already seen things. There's some of the shows, a small axis, five different ones from, uh, Steve McQueen from England, and they are all little mini films in themselves. They're fabulous. But some of the things to really look out for, and I'm not going to say what my favorites are, but I just want to say, you know, these are some that you should really check out. Small Axe, The Prom, Queen's Gambit, The Wilds, Coastal Elite, Plot Against America, The Right Stuff, Mrs. America, I Know This Much Is True, Bad Education, Your Honor, The Comey Rule, It's a Sin, Shit's Creek, Ratchet, A Teacher, The Great, Lockdown, The Crown, On Pregnant, Hamilton, Ted Lasso, The Life Ahead, Westworld, The Undoing. And of course, there's movies that some were just released um, and some aren't even released. So, you know, you might have seen Wonder Woman 1984 when it just came out in December, The Way Back, News of the World. One Night in Miami, Borat, the subsequent movie film. And there's just a slew of other just really, really, really good films out there. So who's going to win the awards? Well, I think it's going to be quite exciting to watch award season this year. Um, You know, I've been reading The Hollywood Reporter as well. And I, again, I'm just excited. I feel like even though I have been watching nonstop with every free moment, there's still more things that haven't come out yet that I can't wait to see. So um, be proactive 
you know, grab that glass of wine or a cup of tea or whatever it is and start streaming because it is, you're going to just really enjoy the uh, plethora of offerings that are out there. And then don't forget the big award shows. I'll remind you as we get closer, but the first one will be on February 28th, the 78th Golden Globes, and then the SAG Awards Sunday, April 4th. And then the Academy Awards on um, April 25th. So it's going to be a great year no matter what happens. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to talk to a real Hollywood celebrity and a, uh, a, a veteran of Broadway and films and television and cartoons and uh, magazines and now a book. Melanie Shartoff will be with us. Odd Woman Out, Exposure and Essays and Stories. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. I'll be right back. So don't go away for more of our movie treats. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. Well, I told you this was a party, and it is now beginning because I have with me Melanie Shartoff. You have heard of her from being an actor on and off Broadway and for all the different incredible characters she's created on Fridays and Seinfeld and Newhart and Rugrats. But exciting for her, she has just written her first book called Odd Woman Out, Essays and Stories. Welcome, Melanie, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I have been really looking forward to this because I was laughing out loud (laughs) at your book, Odd Woman Out. You definitely have not only a sense of humor, I know you're a comedian as well, but 
You know, it's like, where does all this come from? You had, you've had so many experiences. All right, I'm going to start from where you began, which was you had a really difficult family dynamic, like an abusive father, a pacifying mother. You called it an abusement park. I cracked up, but you grew up in an abusement park. How did this make you the comedian and the star that you are today? Because you used all that material. Well, thank you. I don't think of myself as a star. I've always been more of an ensemble player. I like to empower everybody around me like you do. Uh, so I don't try to stick out like a star with all those pointy. But you're things still a star. That's a star <laughs> when you empower other people. Hello. Come on. Oh, own right. it. Own it. Oh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, yes. Well, um, my family was, you know, born during the Depression and grew up with a lot of uh, negative thinking they inherited from their uh, Holocaust and pogrom freeing ancestors. There was like a genetic kind of dark side to my family and not just uh, my parents, but the whole uh, kitten caboodle, you know, my grandparents and aunts and uncles. And um, I had a kind of a streak in me that intended to live positively and to rise above circumstances by laughing at them. In a lot of cases, I would ridicule my father. I've used my mother's voice for years as Dee Dee Pickles on the Rugrats. But I <laughs> somehow knew I would harvest all this stuff and maybe write about it someday. And so I have finally done it in a book form. I've done Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I've done it as a one woman show. I was commissioned by the Joshua Tree Comedy Festival here in Southern California. And I created it for them. And then um, I tried it out as a stand up act. I did it as a play. And then finally, a literary agent said to me, this is a book because it's, it's more literary than stage-worthy, and I thought she was right. So I put it into a book and an audible book, which I narrate, and an e-book, and it'll be available starting Tuesday, Groundhog Day. <laughs> which is so perfect, right? Yes. <laughs> and the name of the book, Odd Woman Out, Exposure in Essays and Stories, and of course, on the cover, she's wearing a trench coat, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is perfect. a lot in one of the stories about... Um, going to the hustler store because my doctor had prescribed. Yes, please tell him that. That's the most, the funniest thing. Tell that, please. <laughs> well, I, um, I was in my late forties, early fifties and my doctor, I don't know. Can I really talk about this? Sure. You can talk about it. I mean, okay. you know what you have, I, you're going to, I'm going to have you talk about some other funny things too. I mean, it was very okay. funny that you did this. My gynecologist gave me a prescription for a dildo, and he sent me to the brand new Hustler store, which was opening the following week. Uh, and this was like an emporium of erotica. I had I, it wasn't like a, a dirty, smarmy sex shop. It was like a mall of amazements. I, there were things you couldn't even imagine, or if you did imagine them, you thought nobody else ever thought of those things. And there they were. There was a whole wing for them. I call it bed uh, bed bondage and beyond. Right. That's a real extraordinary store. So I, I, I picked one out after a lot of evaluating. And, um, and then when I brown bagged it, I heard a lot of equipment rolling in behind me. I figured they were sanding the floors for the opening that evening. And when I turned around, Larry Flint was sitting just six feet in front of me, and I was on entertainment tonight. He was being interviewed by the op about the opening, and I was right in what they call the B-roll, you know, the <laughs> right. 
but I put my trench coat collar, I put my sunglasses on and ran out of the shot. And when I saw the show uh, later that night, I, I wasn't really visible or recognizable, or so I thought. But apparently there were some paparazzi outside the store getting ready for a big opening evening. And they caught me and they put it in the uh, worst dressed centerfold <laughs> star magazine. <laughs> and I thought no one would see it, but it was Thanksgiving. So everybody I knew was in the eight items or less line or 10 items or less line at the supermarket waiting to buy last minute supplies for Thanksgiving. And they browsed through the tabloids. And there I was uh, opposite Carol Burnett, who was on the best dressed list, wearing Chanel. And then me in my trench coat and the. <laughs> sunglasses so that was coming out of hustler (laughs) right exactly grand opening it was my grand exposure well Uh, you have you again you have just so many funny um experiences in your book but one of them was the time that you were doing this uh commercial and you the guy that you were doing the commercial with it, it sounded like you hit it off and then you went back to um you know you just kind of you were getting cozy and when yes. you got back to the <laughs> to the room you asked if you could take off your makeup and he offered to help and you you really uh meant your face and anyway will you tell that story because when it got to what he asked to take off <laughs> yes it was a horrible situation horrible it was a great, it was a great day because we were right. shooting a commercial, but it was being shot on Jones Beach in March and it was freezing cold. So they kept throwing us under blankets. We were in bathing suits to warm us up. And yeah, he and I got go on, we should tell, we should let's let our listeners know that's the way the movie business goes. Um, and modeling too, is you shoot your bathing suit scenes, you know, everything is in the, in the winter and the coldest yes. months. And then the fur coats are in the heat of the summer. Right. Yes, <laughs> anyway. that's right. I guess <laughs> they just have to do it a lot in advance. So in any right. case, we got very attached to one another. We both had a lot of body paints and we looked rosy from our sunburns that day. And, um, he offered to purchase Kentucky fried chicken for me, which was right on my block. He lived right nearby conveniently enough. He had just done a national commercial for Kentucky fried chicken. So he said, well, let's be loyal. We'll get Kentucky fried chicken. And we brought it upstairs and uh, had a picnic. And then I said, I wanted to take off my face makeup. And then he said, let me help you. And of course we had body makeup on also. And so I offered to help him take his off. And one thing led to another. And I said, may I let my hair down? I had it in this old fashioned ponytail all day. And he said, yes, please. And he said, do you mind if I take my hair off? (laughs) And I said, I'm sorry, what? What? This is a hair piece. I mean, this was beautiful, jet black, shiny hair. I wanted to touch it. It was so gorgeous. His head was itching. Yes, it, it was itching, and he also wanted to be himself, you know. Right. And I just felt terrible because when he took the hair off, my attraction just vaporized in a split <laughs> second. And he was such a wonderful person. I had hoped we could be friends, and it's just recently come about that we've become friends, you know, 50 <gasps> years later here in Los Angeles. Um, oh, that's a great still- ending to the story. It's a sweet ending, but of course, I you know I don't have that part in the book because this was said right. in the past. But anyway, a lovely guy. I'm glad I was able to salvage the friendship, and, and he still has a bald head, but he looks great. 
Yeah, you know what? I think it just is a matter of the shock that that must have been. <laughs> I well, just, especially when we were so turned on. It, exactly. It was just like false pretenses, you know, right. I felt like I've been seduced uh, and it was a bait and switch. Right. Situation. It'd be almost like, well, can I take my teeth out? <laughs> <laughs> that would have even been worse. Well, if you're just joining us, we are we're talking with a very yeah. We're talking with Melanie Shartoff, and her, she has a book out now called Odd Woman Out. She's also had um, three editions. She's been written in three editions of Chicken Soup for the Soul, and she's you know she's in definitely a lot of magazines. But this is her first book, and I'm glad you're in Chicken Soup. I'm a Chicken Soup author as well. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I was, no, I did not. Yeah, I was actually with yeah, Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul, not just a chapter. I did the whole book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, that's my book with Jack and, and Mark and um, a couple of my co-authors. So I'm a, obviously I'm a chicken super, too. Oh, so, wow. all right. I want to talk more about you because um, it, 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 you're just so very fun. You've met so many and you've worked with so many uh, celebrities and other people in your life. But I want to go back a bit because you actually got started. Well, I don't know if you really were started, but your big professional thing was go-go dancing. You were still like in high school. And then I would like you to tell us a little bit about that because I imagine you were just terrific until you had to go to that horrible bar where it was the, yes, the, uncle. Yes. the owner was the uncle of your high school friend, right? Thank goodness. Yes. That was my saving grace. Your saving. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I used to dance at mixers and a girlfriend and I, she was a professional model already at the age of 16, were invited to dance at a bar mitzvah. And back in the day in New Haven, bar mitzvahs were very competitive. People were having safari bar mitzvahs. They always had bands. And this time they had go-go girls, nice Jewish go-go girls. <laughs> Um, uh, little did we know that a man named Phil Spector was at the event for a short time and he asked us if we would dance, uh, with the Ronettes and the Crystals who were going to be performing at Yale University. He was trying to cross the black girl groups over by having white dancers. And we said, definitely. So it was very wholesome. You know, we felt very safe. We had modest little, you know, fringe dresses and white boots on. And then in the years while I was in college studying hard to be an actor, the whole category of go-go dancers sort of slipped in with exotic dancers somehow. And I hadn't known that. So when I was in my junior year of college and I needed money, I thought I would revive my career as a go-go girl. And uh, the expectations of me and my costumes were um, higher or lower. <laughs> and then I brought game. <laughs> so uh, a man um, uh, was being very insulting uh, as I was doing my thing on the bar. And um, it turned out that he owned the place, so I couldn't really get him thrown out. But when I went in the restroom and I saw his name, I realized he might be related to my go-go girl partner. So when I was up on the uh, on the bar again dancing, and it was very humiliating. People were just eating their hamburgers, not even looking at me. I was not the sort of fare they were used to. Um, he started saying obscene things to me. And I said, are you um, Shauna's father? And he said, Shauna... And I said, yeah, she's my, my friend. We dance together at events. He said, she's my oh, niece. My she's my niece. And I said, oh, well, I'll tell her that we met and I'll tell her <laughs> what you said. And he said, no, please don't bother. So he left me a $5 tip. 
$5 tip in the glass. And that was the end of my go-go girl career. I knew I'd have to study hard to be a real actress to make a living at it. Well, and you did. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you were coached by Stella Adler. I mean, she's one yeah. of the one of the greats. And uh, so that's really, I mean, you had a definite classical training. Yes. And so I... I want to um, I want to ask ask one more of your stories and then we'll get more things about the book because this one was so cute too. I mean they're all very interesting. But when you were working on I think it was all my children, right? And Richard Hatch at the time was like yes. the biggest. He was like he was the hunk and all this, and he's had tons of fan mail. So he asked you if you would be the person that would write his. Um, his the the responses to his fan mail, and I loved the story that you involved your brother with. <laughs> Actually, my best friend from college. It was. Oh, it was your best friend? It wasn't your brother. Okay, yeah. Who? Um, it was. Was it Donald? Right. His yes, name was Donald. Donald was yeah. my dear friend. Okay. But I, I had been asked to answer the fan mail and make each note personalized, as if from Richard, and I faked his handwriting really well. And uh, one day, a letter came from uh, Fort Dix, where my best friend was in the National Guard and hating it. He joined the National Guard to avoid going to the Vietnam War front, which was, you know, rampant at that time. So when I saw that this letter was from that camp, I wrote back saying, oh, look up a friend of mine, Donald. He was a partner of mine in scenes, and, and he's a great guy, and he's stationed there. So maybe you could, you know, have him over and cheer him up. And she, um, I guess, took that very seriously. So when Donald was finally released from basic training, which was hell on wheels for him, he came and told me about a strange thing that had happened to him while he was uh, out in the field uh, at target practice. That two MPs had come and dragged him off the field and driven him to the outskirts of the army base and brought him up to the major's house and where he was introduced to this lovely, plump little girl and invited to tea and cookies, which he shared. He had no idea what was going on, but he tried to go along with it. And she asked him a million questions about Richard Hatch, who he knew from television and knew I had been on a show with, but didn't really know much about. But he improvised everything. He made up a whole relationship that he had <laughs> with Richard Hatch. He was very much on the spot. Anyway, we had a lot of laughs about it when he came back. I guess it was completely thrilling to her because she wrote to Richard again, thanking him so much and telling him how wonderful Donald was. <laughs> but I realized the power of fan mail. I mean, the, yeah. the, the power of your of your uh, your uh, position to fans, you have a lot of power and you can use it for good or ill. So I was trying to use it for good and continued to do that. And in my... Um, in my years, I was on a television show called Parker Lewis Can't Lose on Fox. I was playing a, a really mean principal, really strict and controlling. And when I would get fan mail, I would grade it and, and uh, circle oh. corrections and punctuation marks and all that. So they wrote oh, that up. funny. It was funny, but... Um, Anyway, that is really wrote, funny. So you continued your mean streak. <laughs> yeah, that fan mail. they wrote it up in TV Guide, yeah. and it was just a very funny joke about how strict I was, a, a real strict grammarian I was, because uh -huh. I was 
vampires. I'm trying to get over it because the language is changing and there's nothing we can do about it. We can't do about it. Well, you know, you, throughout the book, you talk about, you always wanted to be in love with the right person and it just never worked. And you really waited until your 60s to get married. And now I believe since the book came out, hopefully you're still happily married. Well, tell us about that journey. Was, you know, I mean, was it just the career that you were, you know, constantly auditioning and working and trying to get ahead or it just wasn't meeting the right person? Well, I, I wasn't a person that bar hopped um, right. and I, I'd never found them at bookstores or libraries um, so at a certain point in my, uh, mid fifties, I heard about online dating. So I tried three different sites and, um, had relationships from three different sites. I, I had, um, big disappointments though, Cynthia, I don't know if you date or you've been married, but I've been married since I was a kid, I think. So I would be the worst date ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? That's a so uh, I never had, I, you know, I, I, you're lucky you had to avoid it, but you got to avoid it. But in any case, I, I dated one guy and he had a cat that clearly had more value than I did in the relationship. Cause whenever the cat would scratch or bite me, he would pet the cat, not, <laughs> not comfort me. So that ended quickly. Then I was with a really high pedigree guy. I really had my sights set on him. And when we were out, uh, he, he parked his car and, and rear, you know, banged into the front end of the car behind him. And I said, I think you hit that car pretty hard. And he said, do you think we should just take off? No, wasn't that. When, when I read that, Melanie, that was like, oh, my God, what kind of person does that? I, right? It was kind of like the guy with the hair, only much worse. Well, that was much worse, yes. Much worse. And then the third experience was kind of sobering. I was seeing a guy. We really enjoyed one another. And then he finally broke it to me after about four romantic evenings that he was in kidney failure and awaiting a, a kidney donor. And um, he brought a letter from his doctor that said that was the only organ system he had that was failing. Everything else was great. <laughs> in other words, honey, would you donate a kidney? <laughs> yes, I know. I clutched my kidneys and I had to leave him behind. But I think it's okay. He had a transplant and I continue okay. to stay in touch with him. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that was... That was not such good luck. That wasn't no. such good luck. But you know what? What I love about your story is that I think that it's inspirational to singles today that you have to kiss a lot of frogs sometimes until you find, you know, you're the prince or the person. I don't like to say that, you know, I don't think Prince Charming is coming, but but the person that's going to be equal to who you are, that you can really share your joys and sorrows with. And yeah. that's what you got. These days, you have to zoom a lot of frogs and and be right. certain you have a you have a lot more need for trust now before you meet someone because of the uh, p particular pandemic that we're living in. Right, and so speaking of the pandemic, it has really affected auditioning, performing, acting. I mean. Screen Actors Guild did all that work to um, open up, you know, and to go back to work on certain, you know, certain projects yeah. um, and have the, the coronavirus coordinator and all this, but now had to shut down again because it, the virus is just so bad. How has it been for you? Well, fortunately, I'm connected to a lot of different groups and I've been doing some Zoom plays uh, as a benefit for the Actors Fund. And oh, as a benefit for the Jewish Women's Theater. Yeah, so I feel um, 
you know, comfortable in, in my skill. I'm, I'm not lying fallow. But there's something about being in the room with other actors. It's one of the biggest pleasures you can possibly have is doing what you love with other gifted people. I've been very fortunate to work with very talented people. That's one of my feelings of abundance in my life. Yes. And you know, and you have, oh my gosh, the list of people that you have worked with. I mean, and, and you know, it goes beyond just the people who are the celebrities and the names. There's so many talented uh, artists out there and it is a joy to work with them. I was, um, and you might have done this too. I was on the Zoom with um, Brian Cranston when he was talking about your honor. And he said that, I guess it was October, they had to do a couple of scenes for you know, your honor. And it, and it was in the pandemic, obviously. And it was just so unnatural. He goes, I'm just so used to you know, doing cut and then sitting in the chair and talking with the other actors and talking with the crew and having a bond because they become your family, right? Yes. They become and, your and family. We actors are okay. big, we're big huggers. I mean, right. I have so many hugs for the people I love held in my heart right now. It's like congestion. Um, and, um, you know, we're very emotional creatures, us actors, so I'm very much hoping we'll all get to embrace again. But I think it'll be strange to embrace at first. I think we'll be very cautious about making contact. Yeah, it's going to be weird for a while. But, I, but you know, we're going to get there. I think the key right now is for everybody to say as safe and healthy as possible to obey the rules to social distance wash your hands wear your mask do all those things so that we can hug and you know what melanie how fabulous is it that we have zoom and facetime and skype and these things where we really can at least see each other i mean on all of them aren't we always just like grabbing our arms as if we are hugging we're hugging in the air right we're hugging the air yes well um, for Odd Woman Out, before we leave, what would you like people to take away from this very insightful, fun, and also inspirational book? I, I just, I really, really loved it. What would be the, the takeaway that your, your wish would be? Well, it's kind of a how not to fall in love book in that I make so many mistakes along the way, but luckily I learned from all those mistakes and, and came out a better person, even if I was never going to have a relationship at the end of all that. But the takeaway is that I want everyone to know it's never too late to learn to love yourself and maybe another person if you're lucky enough to find them. Oh, that is beautiful. And you know what? The key is what you said. We have to love ourselves first and then that will open our hearts so that we can love someone else. And, you know, but as long as we love ourselves, we have somebody to hug. Our arms are long enough most of the time. Well, <laughs> Melanie, you are a delight. Uh, the book yeah. is called Odd Woman Out. Let's give her website out, which is melaniechartoff.com, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-C-H-A-R-T-O-F-F.com. She's on Facebook. She's on Twitter. She's on Instagram, Goodreads, YouTube. There, You can find her everywhere. Just Google her or good search her, whatever. MelanieShartoff.com. Thank you so much for coming on. I know it's so hard this year as an artist, as an author, as an actor, because everything is closed and it's really hard to get the word out there. So I hope that I can help you get the word out there. Odd Woman Out Melanie Shartoff. Thank you, Melanie, for being on Star Style. Be the star you are. 
Thank you. Have a great day and be safe. Yes, you be safe. And just remember, you are a star. Everyone's a star who believes in themselves and all those possibilities. So it's a pleasure. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'll be right back on how to be more positive and offer a little bit of humor for these dark times. Please don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Women control or influence nearly 80% of all purchasing decisions. Well over half of today's new internet accounts are women, and typically women use computers to get things done more and are unimpressed with all the bells and whistles that web designers want to do. Because women are juggling careers, relationships, families. The internet allows them to manage their households, purchases, and access information at any time of the day or night. Women go online to accomplish tasks quickly while utilizing sites that aim to be useful and focused. Women are incredibly media savvy, and when they want commerce, they don't want commercials. So keep your website simple if you want to attract women shoppers. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, wasn't that fun? I mean, I think that was so positive. So this is a really fun book, Odd Woman Out, Exposure and Essays and Stories by Melanie Shartoff. And it's especially good for singles because as she wound up the show, um, her segment saying that, you know, it's never too late to love yourself and to hopefully find somebody to love too because it took her till she was 65 to meet the man that she was going to marry. So I want to focus on a little bit of humor, but help you think a little more positively. Happiness depends on your mindset and attitude. Roy T. Bennett said that in The Light in the Heart. 
And we hope that this year is going to be a happier one as we try to find happiness in the midst of this turmoil, the loss, the worry. It's really tested our coping skills to the limit, I think. And for many, it's been difficult to think very positively and sustain this attitude at many times during the past year. But every small step that we take can contribute to lifting our spirits. So I have a few um, suggestions for you. Now, first, though, the, there's a caveat. If you or anyone in your family suffers from clinical depression or extreme anxiety, you're going to have a lot of difficulty controlling sad and negative thoughts, and you're not going to be in a position to think positively until you've been on a medication regimen or in cognitive behavioral therapy or had some recommended treatments. So make sure that you get the help for you or your loved one. It would be detrimental for anyone to expect you to think a, per, you know, a certain way until you are physiologically and psychologically ready. You can't just wish happiness. I want to say that if something else is chemically wrong. But for those who don't have underlying conditions that can interfere, increasing your positive thinking is an important step in achieving more happiness and enjoyment in life. We all know people who have naturally optimistic, update, you know, upbeat natures, like I am definitely one of them. I think I was just born happy. But most of us have to strive to achieve that state of mind. And when I say I was born happy, I mean, I obviously I have bad days and I get, you know, depressed and sad too. But in general, I am upbeat and happy. Now, many families have established the practice of ex expressing gratitude at the dinner table or at other times. And it is helpful for children to acquire this positive habit at an early age. The hope is that throughout their lives, they'll have a way to lift themselves up when they may tend to be spiraling down. So that is one tip is just to be expressing gratitude. Now, during the pandemic, so many other challenges are happening too. We've all had to call upon our inner strength while we experience more worry, limitations, and especially longing for our former lives. And as Melanie was saying, for those hugs, we are likely spending more time with ourselves than before, especially those who live alone. So it's really important to look at ways to be able to boost our own spirits. And in order to turn around negative thinking, it helps to track some of those thoughts. So perhaps if you journal your negative thoughts about yourself, that will bring awareness, which is key to taking control. And then over time, write the counter to any negative thought that you're having and then come up with some praise for yourself and make it genuine. And that would be just a really good idea to find evidence to reduce any level of negativity. The process of actively documenting self-criticism can actually help you disrupt your automatic thought patterns and while making the shifts won't be automatically easy or automatically lead to happiness, it at least is going to set the stage for allowing positivity in your life. For example, if you were to tell yourself that you're never going to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you should put down that you had maybe a successful one um, in the past so that you will have done something right and you think of yourself as doing something right or, or perhaps it, you think that you aren't as smart as many of your your friends or your team members but maybe you have received a promotion once or twice over the past few years that would say something 
So another helpful exercise would be to think of what you would tell a good friend who was relating his or her own self-critical assessments. Would you agree that, yes, your friend should feel bad about himself or herself, or would you help your friend look for evidence to the contrary? Typically, we can do this easily and naturally for a friend, so why can't we do it for ourselves? Is it fair to have a standard for our friends but be hard on yourself? I don't think so. So a cognitive tool that is helpful in keeping us present and mindful, less anxious and more at peace and therefore happier is to avoid any anticipatory worry. It's like, don't worry about what's going to be happening next week or tomorrow. Just live in the moment. I mean, it's hopeless and discouraging when you start thinking of the what if. So go forward, try to avoid getting caught up in what if the future and concentrate instead on what making your present better. We've all been blindsided by the circumstances beyond our control this year, and there's going to be times when we're going to be sad and disheartened or worried or scared no matter what, and we can't always try to think more positively, but it is important that we support ourselves and our loved ones as best as we can during these unusual times and consciously try to adjust our perspective and consciously try to be positive. So before I end the show, I just want to uh, give you a couple of of kind of funny things about um, that have happened or humorous quotes about this virus. So why do they call it the novel coronavirus? It's a long story. It's more like a big book. 2019, we stayed away from negative people. In 2020, we stay away from positive people. Due to the quarantine, I'm only going to tell inside jokes. And this one I love. The World Health Organization, known as WHO, announced that dogs cannot contract COVID-19. Dogs previously held in quarantine can now be released. To be clear, who let the dogs out? Mm, 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 mm. Who let the dogs out? (laughs) Okay, the world's been turned upside down. Old folks are sneaking out of the house and their kids are yelling at them to stay indoors. And that is the show for today. I hope it put a smile on your face. Remember, humor keeps us human, keeps us in touch with other people's humanity. So laugh at yourself. And if you have a good, a good, uh, funny COVID joke, uh, send it to me by email. Thanks for being with me every Wednesday here on Star Style. Be the star you are. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. For more information about Be the Star You Are, visit bethestaryouare.org. And more information about me and Star Style Productions, go to cynthiabryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. And read a book this week and pick up Melanie Chardoff's Odd Woman Out Exposure and Essays and Stories. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self and start streaming some of these great TV shows and movies that would normally be in theaters and are now on streaming for your enjoyment. Have a great week. Dream, create, inspire, and be together with me next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Thanks for joining me here on Star Style. Be the star you are.
pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you ignite the flame that burns brightly within Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.